0: Hello everyone and welcome to Jtalk Extra Time. I'm James Taylor and in part 1 of this week's episode I'm going to review 6 of the games from round 19 of J2. In part 2, John Steele covers the other 5 and takes a look ahead to the 2nd round of the Emperor's Cup. Part 3 sees Mike Innes describe all the action from round 12 of J3 in Jtalk Short Corner. Let's start with surely J2's biggest game of the weekend, bottom club Omia Ardija against 20th placed Mito Hollyhock. Mito wanted a penalty in the 14th minute when Motoki Ohara's shot was blocked, but the referee ruled that it hit the defender's shoulder and Ohara put the rebound just wide. But Mito made the breakthrough in the 27th minute thanks to an own goal by Omiya's Keisuke Oyama, whose attempt to head away a free kick at the back post looped over his goalie and in. Omiya weren't cowed though, and Fumiya Takayanagi had a chance shortly after that, that was well saved by Kaiho Nakayama, and then Takamitsu Tomiyama received a pass on the edge of the Amito area and shot left-footed into the bottom right corner to level the scores in the 38th minute. Both sides pushed for a second goal and both went close but it was Mito who got it. Omiya's keeper Takashi Kasahara tipped a free kick out for a corner in the 83rd minute but he couldn't keep out Takami Kusumoto's header and it finished Omiya 1, Mito 2. Three vital points for the visitors who move up one place to 19th. The squirrels woes continue, 11 games without a win, and still bottom. It could have been worse for Omiya though, the gap to 21st placed Iwaki FC is still only 2 points, as they were hammered 4-0 at home by Ruaso Kumamoto. The first chance fell to Iwaki's Kaina Tanimura, but Ryuga Tashiro in the Kumamoto goal was equal to the task. Shohei Aihara opened the scoring in the 16th minute, sliding in at the back post to convert Kohei Kuroki's low cross. Ryuhei Onishi headed in a corner 6 minutes later to double the lead. Yuki Omoto made it 3-0 in the 58th minute when he was allowed to dance through the penalty area and hit a left footed shot into the bottom left corner. And captain Rei Hirakawa's emphatic finish for 15 yards rounded out the scoring just after the hour mark. Iwaki are 3 points from safety while Kumamoto are 11th on a run of loss win loss win. Just above the relegation zone are for Yamaguchi who earned a valuable point at home to Viva and Nagasaki. Keigo Numata headed Yamaguchi into the lead in the 11th minute, but Juan Madelgado, back in the lineup for Nagasaki, pounced on a loose ball in the Yamaguchi area after a long throw in to equalise for the promotion chasers. Go Hatano had to be alert for Nagasaki shortly before half time when a Koji Yamase shot from distance flicked off a Nagasaki defender's head and Hatano tipped it over the bar. Nagasaki wanted a penalty early in the second half when Asahi Masayama was hauled to the ground but nothing was given and neither side could find a winner as this one finished one all, Yamaguchi actually dropped one place because Mito won, and Nagasaki also dropped one place to fourth. Zuhigen Kanazawa against Zaspokasatsu Gunma also finished one all. The visitors took the lead in the 19th minute. Hiroto Hatao got away from his marker to head in a corner. But Kanazawa responded five minutes later. A gumma attack was stopped by Kanazawa striker Masamichi Hayashi on the edge of his own area. He laid the ball off to Yuki Kajura, who charged up to the halfway line and played in Kyohei Sugura who took one touch and hit a left-footed shot across Masatoshi Kushibiki and into the bottom-right corner for his sixth goal of the season. This draw ends Kanazawa's three-game losing streak and moves them up one place to 17th, but they've still only won once in their last nine games. Gunma dropped to ninth. 16th place, Tochiki SC once again let a late lead slip, this time away to Fujieramae FC. Hayato Fukushima scored for Tochiki four minutes before half-time with help from Fujiwara keeper Tomoki Ueda, who dropped a high ball that landed kindly at the feet of the Tochigi defender. The second half was end-to-end, but Tochigi couldn't hold on, and in the 94th minute, Masayuki Yamada buried a powerful back post header from a corner to earn a point for Fujita, who were 14th and unbeaten in three. Tochigi have now lost six and drawn two games due to goals conceded in the last 15 minutes of regulation plus additional time this season. It's clear what they need to work on. Monterio Yamagata and Shimizu S-Pulse served up a very entertaining game at the ND Soft Stadium. Shimizu's Carlinhos Jr. had an early effort saved by Masaki Goto and Tiago Santana shot over from 6 yards before Yamagata's Tiago Alves forced an acrobatic save from Shuichi Gonda. Three minutes before half-time, Alves put Yamagata ahead with a cross that evaded everyone, including Gonda, and went in off the post. Three minutes after the break, it was 2-0. Zane Isaka finishing from Alves' low cross. Ryohei Shirasaki pulled one back for Shimizu with just over 10 minutes remaining, a low shot from the edge of the area, but Yamagata held on to inflict a third defeat in four games on Shimizu, who are 10th. Yamagata win for the fourth game in a row. Special praise for keeper Goto, who faced 13 shots on target in this game. That's all from me. Next, John has the rest of the weekend's action. Hi everyone, thanks for that
1: James. John Steele here to round up the rest of the J2 action from round 19 for you. Let's start at the top of the table with Machida Zelvia, who are 8 points clear now after they won 2-0 away at Jeff Chiba uh, in round 19. Um, Machida left it very late uh, to win this one and we'll talk about their late goals in a moment Throughout the game, Machida had the better chances, but their goalkeeper William Pope had to make a smart double save midway through the second half to keep the home side at bay. And it looked like this game was going to end nil-nil until the first minute of second half stoppage time. That was when Shunta Araki's left wing cross was flicked on to the back post by Eric for Takaya Numata to volley in at close range. So Machida went 1-0 up in the first minute of second half stoppage time and then right at the death in the 96th minute mistake from a Jeff defender allowed Eric to race to the edge of the penalty area and cross low for Shota Fujio to sweep in from about 10 yards and that made the final score. Jeff Chiba-0, Machida-2. A great win for Machida, as mentioned, it moves them eight points clear at the summit. Uh, meanwhile, Jeff are down in 15th place, at the Resonac Dome, the big clash of teams in the top six ended in a win for the home side, oita, that moves them back up into second place in the table. The final score was oita 2, kofu 1, and Kofu handed Oita the lead in the 21st minute here after a horrible mistake from a usually uber-reliable goalkeeper, Kohei Kawata. He tried to pass the ball out along the ground at a goal kick, but the ball was intercepted by Oita midfielder Hiroto Nakagawa before the intended recipient, Kofu defender Sodai Hasegawa, could take possession. And then Nakagawa crossed low into the box for Kohei Isa to slide in the opener from the penalty spot. So Oita went 1-0 up after about 20 minutes here. Kofu rallied though and were level just 10 minutes later when Masahiro Sekiguchi managed to get around the back of the Oita defence out on Kofu's right flank. Got to the byline and sent the ball across the six-yard box for Getulio to tap in. Oita then were nearly back in front before half-time, Katsunori Uebisu heading against the crossbar, but it was 1-1 at the break, and Kofu held out until the 74th minute, when Oita got what proved to be a crucial goal that was the winner. A corner from Naoki Nomura dropped perfectly for big Oita centre-back Tomoya Ando to control, uh, possibly with the help of an arm, although there weren't many appeals from a Kofu player, so I think the goal was okay, and then he lashed it into the roof of the net from about 12 yards. So the final score was Oita 2, Kofu 1. A good day's work for Oita, as they get their first win in five matches, and they're now a point ahead of third place Tokyo Verdi. Meanwhile, Kofu are two points and three places behind Oita in fifth. Tokyo Verdi are down to third after they lost two-nil at home to Inform Sendai. And Sendai went ahead thanks to a penalty in the 17th minute at Ajinomoto Stadium when Motohiko Nakajima was caught by Verdi defender Yuto Tsunashima inside the box. There was some uh, contact, so I think a penalty was the right decision, but uh, Nakajima did go down uh, and made sure that the referee didn't miss miss the foul. Nakajima stepped up though and sent a missile of a penalty into the roof of the net to make it 1-0 to Sendai. After that... Verdi found Sendai's goalie, Akihiro Hayashi, in superb form. He made a string of fine saves in a man-of-the-match performance. And then Sendai added a crucial second goal in the 67th minute. Verdi's goalkeeper, Matthias, did well to block a header from a Sendai corner. But the ball then ran loose to the back post for Masahiro Sugata to bundle it over the line and make the final score, Tokyo Verdi nil, Sendai 2 Sendai are up to 7th in the table, with 4 wins from their last 5 matches, and their level on points with the 6th place side, uh, Iwata, they have 30 points uh, apiece. Speaking of Iwata, they were also victorious at the weekend, winning 2-0 at home to 12th placed Akita, Akita could have taken a surprise early lead at Yamaha Stadium, but Takuma Mizutani just couldn't hit the target when a cross from the Akita right came at him a little bit too quickly uh, and the chance uh, was wasted. This game was goalless until the 66th minute when Iwata broke the deadlock thanks to a fine low strike from the edge of the penalty area from Kensuke Fujiwara here uh, sent a low drive into Kentaro Kakoi's bottom left-hand corner And eight minutes later, it was 2-0, with a goal from a virtually identical position. This time, the ball broke loose on the edge of the box for Rikia Uehara, and he sent the ball right into Kakoi's top left-hand corner, an absolutely stunning finish from about 20 yards. Akita didn't give up though, and there was the joyous spectacle of goalkeeper Kakoi coming up for a corner in stoppage time. And he even managed to get a shot away, uh, but it was blocked uh, inside the uh, the Iwata box. So uh, no goals for Akita on the day, and it finished Iwata 2, Akita nil. A first win in three matches for Iwata, while uh, Akita have uh, one point from their last four games. Slightly further back in 8th place are Fajiano Okayama, this is after they beat Tokushima Vortis 2-0 at home in round 19. No goals in the first half at City Light Stadium, but a Tokushima goalkeeper, Jose Aurelio Suarez, was in his usual good form. He made some good saves, including a great block from a shot from Yudai Tanaka. In the second half, Suarez was the busier of the two goalkeepers again. And he was eventually beaten in the 71st minute uh, with a goal by Australian midfielder Stefan Mork for Okayama. Mork picked the ball up about 40 yards from the Tokushima goal and uh, went on a dribble. Thanks to a fortunate rebound uh, off a defender, he was able to get to the edge of the uh, penalty area and then he put in a low shot that just got past Suarez and that uh, nestled into the bottom corner. So, Okayama 1 0 up with about 20 minutes to play. And they sealed the win with a breakaway goal in the first minute of second half stoppage time. A low left wing cross from Ryo Takahashi was tucked away on the edge of the six yard box by Yokohama FC Loni Ryo Tabe uh, for 2-0. And that was how the game finished. Okayama 2, Tokushima 0. So, Okayama bouncing straight back from their defeat at Tochigi last weekend. Meanwhile, Tokushima are in 18th place and inconsistent at the moment. Uh, their last four games are win, lose, win, lose. So they're, they're going to need more consistency uh, if they're going to pull away from the, uh, the danger zone at the foot of the table. Okay, I think James and I have reviewed all the J2 action from the weekend pretty nicely there. But before uh, before we leave you in the capable hands of Mike Innes and Talk Short Corner, let's talk about the midweek uh, action that's coming up uh, on Wednesday, June the 7th. Uh, it's not J League, it's not J2, but it is the Emperor's Cup second round uh, this midweek. And I think we have 29 of the round two uh, matches coming up. So uh, let's run through them briefly, the games that have a, a J2 uh, interest. There are eight All-J2 ties on the slate on Wednesday night. Beginning at 6.30, we have Tokyo Verdi against Gunma, that game being played at the uh, Nishigaoka Stadium. And the rest of the Wednesday night games in the Emperor's Cup are all at 7pm. We have Kanazawa against Machida, Sendai against Fujieda, Nagasaki against Kofu, that would be a, a top six clash in, in league play of course, Jeff Chiba hosting Omiya, two uh, Kanto sides going head-to-head. Mito against Yamaguchi, which will be a, a relegation six-pointer uh, in J2. We also have Tokushima hosting Iwaki and Akita hosting Tochigi uh, in the all-J2 matches. There are also three games where a J2 side is going to come up against a J3 opponent. So again, all at 7pm. We have Iwata against Sanuki, Shimizu against FC Gifu, and Okayama hosting uh, Kita Kyushu. I think Mike Innes is going to have a, a few comments on those games in Talk Short Corner in a moment. There are also a pair of games at 7pm where a J2 side is going to take on a side from the Japan Football League, the JFL. So we have Yamagata hosting Sony Sendai and uh, an Oita Derby as uh, Oita Trinita from J2 host Verspa Oita from the jfl so plenty of interesting and intriguing games uh with a j2 kind of uh, interest in the empress cup this week uh james mike and i are going to try and review those games for you in as much detail as we can uh, with a kind of extra pod later this week probably sometime on uh, friday when that, that will be ready so um yeah please look out for that but i think um from the j2 side of things on JTET, that's all from james and i for now Please stay tuned, though, after a quick sting of music. Uh, yep, you're going to hear from Magic Mike Innes in Talk Short Corner. He has the review of a very uh, entertaining J3 round from last weekend, uh, and he has some comments on the, the midweek Emperor's Cup ties coming up as well. So, uh, yep, that's all from J2 for now, but please stay tuned. Uh, Mike is coming up next. JTalk your Time.
2: Hello everyone and welcome to JTalk Short Corner, the mini-pod that keeps you up to date with events in J3 of the J-League. I'm your host, Mike Innes, and in this episode I'll be looking back on fixtures in round 12 of the J3 season, as well as previewing the J3-related Emperor's Cup second round ties coming up this midweek. There were six games on Saturday the 3rd of June and the only place to start is what turned out to be the match of the weekend. Matsumoto Yamaga against SC Sagamihara. We begin with Sagamihara defender Shuhei Kunihiro, perhaps an unfamiliar name. He came to the club during the winter with coach Kazuyuki Toda from Tokyo League side Shibuya City. Commentators agreed Kunihiro was penciled in for a place in Toda's starting 11 this year, but injury in pre season meant this game at Matsumoto was his J League debut. In the ninth minute of which, Kunihiro, no opposition player within 25 yards of him, played the ball confidently beyond napping teammate, keeper Takahiro Koga, and into his own net. We've enjoyed many classic own goals in the J-League this season, and this is right up there. Exquisite in its simplicity, delicious in its execution, but, of course, heartbreaking for the perpetrator. Struggling Sagami Hano were placed firmly on the back foot, and the hosts were two up at half-time. The second coming when Yuta Take's low ball went all the way across goal to Kaiga Murakoshi, who scored at the far post. And for a period early in the second half, the visitors were simply overrun, conceding three more in nine minutes. Then Komatsu setting up a perfectly struck 20-yard volley by Paulinho for 3-0. Komatsu then feeding Taki, who turned the hapless Kunihiro inside out before beating Koga with an angled shot. And Komatsu himself was on target for the 5th, picking up Kazuma Watanabe's through pass and finishing training ground style from 15 yards. And so, with half an hour still to play, it was Matsumoto 5, Sagamihara 0. But this was a game in which we saw the best and worst of both teams. Within a couple of minutes, Torda's men pulled one back, Good work down the left by Takumu Fujinuma, a fluffed clearance from Yamaga's Shusuke Yonehana, punished by Kor Watahiki's right-foot rocket. Then, in the 86th minute, Matsumoto contributed an own goal of their own. Fujinuma's close-range shot cleared off the line by Yuya Hashiuchi, the ball then rebounding off Yota Shimokawa and back over the line. Yamaga under Masahiro Shimada are hardly known for their defensive resilience and they conceded again moments later, thrown into disarray by a long ball, chased down by Carlos Duke and then curled into an empty net by Ibrahim Jr. Kuribara. That was however as far as the comeback went, leaving a final score of Matsumoto 5, Sagamihara 3, Difficult to analyse sensibly other than to say Yamaga can score a lot, but boy are they prone to concede as well, they now sit 7th. As for Sagamihara, they remain 19th. A question for Kazuyuki Toda is, what does he do now with Kunihiro and Koga? The day's other highlight was at FC Ryukyu, and to the excitement of many, I'm sure, interim coach Tetsuhiro Kina boosted his hopes of a permanent return to the club's hot seat by means of a home win over Azul Claro Numazu. The game was decided by a three-goal burst in the last 15 minutes of the first half, Ryunosuke Noda, notching a remarkable opener when he received Danny Carvajal's throw on the halfway line, turned and, while still in the centre circle, delivered an elegant chip over visiting keeper Hiromu Musha. Haruto Shirai made it 2 0 soon afterwards, a lightning one man counter attack which took him from one penalty box to the other, where he slid it past Musha and inside the far post. All the credit should go to Shirai, but neither Kyotamochi or Takuya Sugai aided the Azul Klano cause with their weak attempts to win the ball. It was Noda who got the third in first half injury time, easily overcoming Tomoki Fujisaki to get on the end of Kazuto Takezawa's high ball and head in. Final score, UQ 3, Numazu 0. Easily Ryukyu's best result of the season, although sober analysis might acknowledge they're not going to score goals like that every week. Kina's team are now 15th. One of Azul Claro's poorer displays of the season sees them move down to 12th. Time. At Gidavantsi Kyushu there was a first win in three for visitors Ehime FC, whose coach Kiyotaka Ishimaru made four changes to his starting lineup from last week's disappointing home loss to Fukushima United. One of those constituted a first J-League start for Ben Duncan and it was the young Australian who in the 12th minute embarked on a surging run down the left that sucked in the home defence, leaving plenty of space for Ryo Sato to get on the end of Duncan's cutback and fire into the roof of the net. Few other clear chances in this one, perhaps the best coming to Ehime's Shoi Yoshinaga, who blasted wildly over the bar when through on goal. Final score Kitakyushu nil, Ehime won. Wooden Spooners Giravance now on four straight losses, and on this evidence, bereft of confidence. Hardly a great performance from the Mighty Mikans, but the victory puts them third. An away win for Ehime, but local rivals FC Imabari were not so successful on their trip to Iwate Guruja Morioka, defensive slip-ups costing Riki Takagi's side dear. The first occurred in the 12th minute when Iwate's Masakazu Tashiro delivered a simple high ball from the halfway line that caught out Hiroshi Futami completely Miyu Sato chesting it down and beating Genta Ito from close range. Mind you, the paper crane's back line hardly covered themselves in glory late in the first half, failing to get the ball clear in a goal scramble that ended when Ryota Ichihana set up Hayato Teriyama to side foot in for an equaliser. The game was won and lost 14 minutes from time. Imabari giving Kairi Shinbo time and space to send in a trademark cross from the left, headed back across goal by Tsuyoshi Miyaiichi, finished on the line by the unmarked Koki Matsubana. Final score Iwate 2, Imabari 1. Two goals in four games now for Guruja rookie Sato since he came into the lineup. His team move up to 8th. A lacklustre display from Imabari. The first goals they've conceded in four and they drop one place to sixth. Now seven unbeaten for YSCC Yokohama following their latest win at Fukushima United. In windy conditions and on a bumpy pitch at Aizu Wakamatsu, Young star Shaw Fukuda scored the only goal of the game, his seventh of the season, to give YSCC the victory ten minutes from time, poking home from close range after Kaito Yamamoto had spilt Yusei Kayanuma's shot. The home fans did see their team create the better chances, most notably early in the first half when rookie Ryo Shiohama hit the bar with a spectacular bicycle kick. Final score, though, Fukushima nil, YSCC 1. Toshihiro Hattori's team still struggling to find a route to goal, no matter how he configures his front players. They're now 18th. Conversely, if YSCC were ever going to get their first clean sheet of the season, it was against the powder-puff Fukushima attack. Kei Hoshikawa's side are now up to the giddy heights of 11th. Nara Club and Kagoshima United may have occupied two of the top four positions in the table at start of play, but their meeting at Lortov Field was far from a positive advertisement for J3 football. Both sides nervous in front of goal, much of the attacking play almost embarrassingly tentative. Hence a final score of Nana nil, Kagoshima nil. Three without a win for Nana, although they remain fourth. An underwhelming performance, but a handy away point for Kagoshima, now second.
1: Extra
2: time. Then on Sunday the 4th, Katare Toyama returned to the top of the table thanks to a straightforward home win over Kamatamari Sanuki. The player who put Toyama in the driving seat in this one was the unlikely figure of Yoji Sasaki, the 30-year-old slotting into central midfield for his first start of the season and then opening the scoring with his first goal in two and a half years. That was in the 31st minute, a composed lob into an empty net after visiting keeper Takeye had departed his penalty area to head clear a high through ball. Five minutes later Sasaki was on the score sheet again, controlling a Daiichi Matsuoka cross and finishing into the bottom corner from 10 yards. Matsuoka, incidentally, looked in this match to be back to his early season best. Kamatomane, with only one goal in their previous six, were never going to come back from two down at half-time. Indeed, homekeeper Tomoki Tagawa didn't have a serious save to make and it was Katare veteran Shunta Takahashi who rounded off the scoring with his seventh of the season, running onto Sasaki's pass, steering clear of both Kanta Yusui and Takumi Komatsu, and driving his shot inside the post. Final score, Toyama 3, Sanuki nil. Katare coach Michiharu Otagiri giving his team a shake-up after last week's defeat at FC Gifu with impressive results. Kamatamane bringing little to the party, and they fall to a season's low 17th. Climbing above them into 14th go FC Osaka, who managed to inflict a second successive away loss on AC Nagano Paseiro. As is traditional in Osaka games, there was just the one goal, and it came four minutes from time. Daigo Furukawa powering in a header to dispatch Kento Nishiya's corner, while the Paseiro defence stood watching. Furukawa's effort, a beacon of quality, casting the rest of a scrappy encounter into sharp relief. Final score, Osaka 1-0, a welcome second home win of the season for Ryo Shigaki's Osaka. Yuki Stealth's Paseiro turning in another sluggish performance. They tumble out of the promotion spots to 5th. FC Gifu's season is heading in the right direction as Yusaku Ueno's team travelled to Gainare Totori and came away with their third straight win. Inform striker Charles Unduka set them on the road to victory at the Axis Bird Stadium, leading a charge upfield in which he was never going to be caught by home defender Korsuke Masitani before shooting low past Koshiro Itohara. That was in the 12th minute and Gifu then went close to extending their lead. Tomoya Ugajin hitting the post following a Yoshiatsu Oiji corner kick. Ryo Kubota blazing over from an Ugajin long throw. On the hour, however, they succeeded in making it 2-0. When Itohara was caught out playing sweeper-keeper, his pass intercepted by Toma Murata, Junya Tanaka, picking up the loose ball and guiding it into an unguarded net. It's not as if Gainare never threatened, and they did pull one back with 20 minutes to go. Super sub Hidayatsu Ozawa, tormenting Oiji and Takumi Fujitani before laying it off for Taku Ushinohama to sweep in from 8 yards. Final score though, Tottori won Gifu 2. Gainari's slide down the table continues. One win in the last 10 games means they're now 15th. While at Gifu, coach Ueno seems to have a clearer idea as to his best team who jump to 10th. Finally, Van Rane Hachirohe missed the chance to climb into the top six as they were held to a draw at home by Tegavajaro Miyazaki. Both teams hit the woodwork during the first half, the home side through Shunsuke Ebata's long range effort, the visitors when a cross by Kazuma Nagata was deflected onto the bar. Overall this was easier on the eye than the weekend's other goalless game at Nana, but neither side could make the breakthrough. Final score Hachinohe Nil Miyazaki. Nil Van Rane continue to struggle somewhat with their home form, but they're now ninth. Tigabajano, a more confident proposition than at the start of the season. Three games unbeaten without conceding a goal. They're thirteenth. Extra time. So now to run through the top and bottom of the league standings after round 12. The top six are Toyama with 23 points, Kagoshima and Ehime with 22, Nana and Nagano 20, Imabari 19. At the other end of the table, the bottom six are Ryukyu and Tottori with 14 points, Sanuki with 13, Fukushima 12, Sagamihana 9, and bottom of the pile with 6, Kitakushu. Just time now for a quick look ahead to the 8 Emperor's Cup second round ties with J3 Interest being played on Wednesday, the 7th of June. Five ties pitch J3 teams against opponents from J1. Toyama play Kyoto Sanga. Imabari play Avispa Fukuoka, Miyazaki play Sagan Toss, Fukushima play FC Tokyo, and Sagami Hana play Hokkaido Consadole Sapporo. There are three games between J3 and J2 sides. Gifu play Shimizu S-Pulse, Sanuki play Jubilo Iwata, and finally Kitakyushu play Fagiano Okayama. Fukushima's tie against FC Tokyo, a 7pm kickoff local time, is to be streamed live on the JFA's YouTube channel. Go to youtube.com slash at JFA slash streams and you'll find it. That's youtube.com slash at JFA slash streams. Later this week there'll be a quick additional episode to go over the results of those ties and I'll also preview the J3 Round 13 games coming up this weekend. With all the week's business seen to then, that's it for this mini-pod. All that remains is for me to say thanks for listening, enjoy your football and see you next time. Bye for now.